we can't have enough conversation about new Arizona State quarterback Emory Jones. So we went ahead and brought on our friend over from the Locked On Gators podcast, Brandon Olson, to talk about Emory Jones and tell us everything we need to know about the new Arizona State Sun Devils quarterback. This is the Locked On. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But everywhere else, Monday through Friday, it's the best Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. Go ahead, make sure that you subscribe, like, comment, share, five-star rate, all that good stuff wherever you get those podcasts. And if you are a Florida Gators fan, then you got to make sure that you check out my good friend, Brandon Olson over on Locked on Gators. Brandon, thank you so much for stopping by today. I really appreciate your time. I will, like I, I told you before, and I was like, I will never say no to talking about Emory Jones. Well, there you go. And that's the whole reason we got you on today is to talk lots and lots about Emory Jones. So Brandon, I've got a real basic understanding of Jones by my box score scouting, as well as my highlight tape scouting on, on uh, Emory Jones. He's, he's everything that Arizona state kind of likes in their quarterback where he may not be like this dynamic passer. He's not that 5,000 yard guy, but he is, he is a quality good enough passer who appears to be a pretty dynamic runner. What are your overall thoughts about Emory just to kind of give us like a surface level understanding? Uh, I think when we talk about Emery, just like stepping away from even Emery as a player right now, just talking about Emery as a person, you are getting a just phenomenal person in Arizona State. He he is just awesome. Like I cannot express him. That's why I love him so much. Was he a fantastic quarterback for us? No, but he is just high character out the wazoo. He's an awesome guy. Dealt with a lot at Florida. We have a fairly toxic fan base. Um, and he, he I mean, 90,000 people were booing him against Alabama, and he just brushed it off like it was nothing and came out against Alabama and played one of his better games of the season. And we're looking at him as a player. He, he's just one of those guys where he's not going to be the 5,000-yard passer, like you said, but he can operate an offense. He's relatively cool under pressure. He was actually excellent against the blitz this past season. When he, when pressure hits home, obviously things happen, but when teams blitzed him, he did a phenomenal job where teams stopped blitzing Florida as much as they used to, because you look at this offense and you go, yeah, they run the ball a lot. Blitz him, just, just blitz him and blow it all up. But Emery will make you pay and he can make every throw asked of him. He's going to create plays out of nothing with his legs, which I think might be the most impressive thing about him i mean he he led the team in rushing yards last season so I, I think that goes to show that he is a very dynamic runner he can create a chunk play out of absolutely nothing and he's someone that again is just an awesome individual yeah i saw that stat the other day on twitter talking about like sec quarterbacks against the blitz and emory was number one and it, it was a pretty sizable margin if my memory serves me but 
even looking at the little bit that I that I got to see on YouTube, because obviously it's very limited what I can find. I don't exactly have game film available <laughs> to me, but there were a lot of plays where he he looked so comfortable, like it just did not phase him. And we can't say the same thing about Jaden Daniels, who was one of those guys who more often than not felt like he did crumble under the pressure. But looking at what Florida State or not Florida State, ooh. I'm taking that back right now. I'm taking that back right now. You heard nothing. <laughs> Them's fighting words. Dude, That it's the same thing when someone says Arizona. I'm like, hold on. I know you meant to say state right after that. Oh, man. Oh, very, very sorry about that. But looking at what Florida had a year ago, there definitely was like a retooling process because you did lose two first-round picks with with uh, Kyle Pitts and uh, Kadarius Tony. So I'm looking and they're – there seem to be like some solid options like Jacob Copeland, I feel like is a name I've heard before, but other than that, it feels like Emery was definitely working with, with a lot of like relative unknowns with the Gators. Yeah. Emery was kind of working with, I mean, you mentioned Jacob Copeland who is just Stonehands McGee over there. Uh, he is, he's now at Maryland. It was, it was a very ugly breakup between Florida gotcha. and Jacob Copeland. Um, and yeah, that's just how it is. And again, I, I love Jacob Copeland. Even throughout the season when things were crumbling down, I was like, Jacob Copeland is a very good player. He just has stone hands at times. Uh, and then you look at Rick Wells, who was a guy who was at Florida for four years and was unproductive and then was kind of forced into the role. Justin Shorter from Penn State came over. He's a great X receiver. Xavier Henderson, same thing, good X receiver. But there weren't very dynamic playmakers on this team. You look at Damian Pierce and Malik Davis being some of the better receivers on the team, not super enticing given that those are your running backs that uh, previously prior to that year weren't very dynamic playmakers. Um, And then on top of dealing with tight end just was not a talented group last year. The coaching staff was kind kind of checked out. It seemed like at some points I've, I've made my case against Dan Mullen and whatever the heck he was doing uh, last season, but yeah, Emery tried to make the most out of a bad situation and, and kept his head up through the whole thing and nothing but the utmost respect for him. Well, he's definitely going to have his work cut out for him at Arizona <laughs> State because as me and you talked about previously, everyone's leaving, it, which includes basically the entirety of the receiving core. And you will be having to retool the running back position, but thankfully you do have some upside guys there. So in terms of talent, I don't know if he's necessarily downgrading, but he is certainly not upgrading at Arizona state. So it's going to be a very different feel for him, especially in the pac 12. So the pac 12, as you know, is not quite as talented as the sec. And if my memory serves, you got, you got to correct me on this. Wasn't Florida like one of the top 15 or top 10 teams in the nation when they played Georgia? Uh, they were definitely pretty high. <laughs> they, were, they were they were definitely pretty. I mean, it, things kind of came down at that point. That's when they were on their downswing. That's when they were coming down. And also, uh, yeah, that was just like like LSU was running wild against uh, Florida, and it, it was just that was that was the downswing for Florida for sure. Yeah, I I definitely remember there was a point in time where like the Gators were like really really highly rated and. They felt like they were going to give Georgia a run for their money in the SEC East and just didn't end up panning out that way, unfortunately. You know, Kentucky broke Florida. So yeah. that, that Kentucky game broke Florida. 
I am curious, just kind of off topic, who who is your quarterback now going into this year? Now it's Anthony Richardson, guy who, uh, if you check pro football focus and the ESPN mock drafts, he's going top 10. But guess what? So is Emery last year. So yeah, we'll yes. keep that with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. You, you love to see that stuff preseason, but we'll see how it shakes out. It feels like every year we've got like 10 quarterbacks who should go in the top 50 picks and then two of them do. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not as uh, court teams aren't as like desperately reaching for quarterbacks as they used to. Yeah, hundred percent. Here's hoping that Emory can turn in a Heisman campaign or something, though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like I said, I love Emory. Love what he can do. There you go. Let's go ahead and hop into a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk about Jones's fit with the Sun Devils in 2022, maybe even beyond. We'll talk about that in just a moment. All right, and we're back for our second segment here. Again, thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sun Levels your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. Now, hopping back into our conversation here about Emory Jones, uh, like I had kind of mentioned, Arizona State definitely values a more a more mobile quarterback approach over the last 10-plus years. You've seen guys like Manny Wilkins and Jaden Daniels and Taylor Kelly who the team, the team really relied on them with their legs to extend plays. And there's been talk that they want to go to a more pro-style offense, but I'm starting to wonder if maybe you, you pump the brakes on that for a minute with Emory Jones. But on the surface, how do you feel about this fit? Um, I, I like it. You know, I, I think... Like I think Emory Jones is an upgrade over Jaden Daniels. Um, I'm I'm not someone who is super high on him to begin with. Uh, and then they're like, he's going to LSU. <laughs> it's like, yes, thank, thank welcome. You. Yeah, bring him to the SEC all you want. Um, but no, Emory is someone who, like you mentioned, like I I don't know if they've really got the personnel with Arizona State right now to go in that more pro style and and like pass happy style. Um, but I think even if you tried to do that, Emory Jones is going to run the ball. Um, we would like, there were times where Florida was like, Hey, we're going to throw the ball. And Emory was like, well, I'm running it. Um, <laughs> that, that's pretty much just how it went at times, but it can, it worked out more often than it didn't. So we can give him credit for that, where he was incredibly efficient running the ball. And there were certain times where they were like, Hey, Emory, you need to be the rushing attack. Cause it's not working right now. Florida had one of the worst run blocking offensive lines in football last year. Uh, in, in all of college football. So Emory, Emory kind of carried that attack a little bit. And he's someone that I think could operate in a more pass-happy offense. Again, I, I would be more concerned about the personnel than anything else. But I think as a passer, Emory Jones could do it. His biggest issue has been um, he's been a little bit of a slow processor when it comes to things. But from all, all accounts that I've heard is that he's been working on that. He's been going to quarterback coaches. He's been trying to develop. And even when he left Florida... He said, I want to go somewhere that will develop me better as a quarterback. Uh, so that, that seems to be his intent. He seems to be bought in on Arizona State. And if anybody could do it, again, it's going to be Emory. I definitely believe in him based off of what I've seen. And even last year, I, I kind of liked what I saw when I would flip on a Florida game every once in a while. Or if I saw the the highlight reels or the box scores or anything like that, again, like, I don't pay as much attention to the SEC as you do. I'm a typical college football fan when it comes to everything outside of the Pac-12. But 
I did hear Emery Jones's name all year. So when I found out that he was in the portal and when I found out that Jaden Daniels was gone, Emery was like right at the top of my list. I was like, this is the guy that we need to bring in. But like you mentioned, like he definitely is somebody who will like take over a game with his legs. And I really like that aspect about him, especially coming to Arizona State because they have been run heavy. It's not just with the quarterbacks either. We've had a lot of running backs come through this program over the last 10 years, like Eno Benjamin and most recently Rashad White, who were so important to this run game. And coming into this year, you will have a transfer from Wyoming named Xavier Valade, and you will have a junior kid named Daniel Nagata who's stepping up. I actually have compared Nagata. He reminds me a lot of Eno during during his uh, really good stretch with Arizona State. I think that upside is kind of there. So giving him good running backs, I feel like that could maybe really help to bring out the best in Emory. But like you mentioned, it's interesting that he's focused on becoming a next-level quarterback, and I'm certainly here for it, but I'm wondering if Arizona State is the right team to get him there. I'm not totally sure, but I certainly hope we are. Yeah, that was one thing when he committed to Arizona State. I was like, really? They, that's yeah. <laughs> he very openly was like, I need to go somewhere that's going to develop me as a quarterback, which was also weird because he was originally an Ohio State kid in high school, and then Dan Mullen went to Florida as the head coach, and he and he texted Dan Mullen and he said, "I'm going where you go. Like, like I want to be with you, and I want you to develop me." And then that just like didn't happen at all. Um, but he he clearly wants to become a quarterback. And again, he's shown that he could do it. He he had some of his best games against some of the top defenses that he played. You know, he played against Georgia, and I mean, it was Georgia. It was it was a terrible. I mean, that was an NFL defense out there. So many of the guys got drafted in the first round alone. Yeah, for real. Uh, and they would have had one more if Nicobe Dean didn't have the shoulder and uh, injury. But right. um, then you, you look at games like um, Alabama, a, an insane team that, that was number two in the country at the end of the year, lost the national championship, and that was his best game of the year. You look at Georgia, and he didn't play the full game, but – when he played, he did a, he did a fairly solid job against that defense. And then, I mean, as silly as it sounds to say, you look at the Samford game, um, which of course Samford is an FCS program, but Florida completely just did not show up in that game. But you know who did show up? Emory Jones. And Emory Jones is the reason they won that Samford game. It, it was a bad game, and towards the end of the year, Florida was an awful program. But Emory Jones came out against Samford and and set. Florida records against them in a game that they still barely won. Like that game was won because of Emory Jones and say what you will about him, but he shows up when the team needs him to, he might be limited in some ways, but even the Tennessee game, he played phenomenally against Tennessee. You look at the Kentucky loss. He didn't play that bad against Kentucky. He had a few bad passes, but I mean, when you have 16 penalties and 10 of them are false starts, it's kind of hard to win that game. Um, but, but I mean, Emory Jones is the type where, yeah, it sucked. Emory Jones is the type where he's going to show up when a team needs him. And so if he could be the guy at Arizona state and he can kind of elevate this team, that's what he's going to do. In my mind, Emory Jones is one of those players where he is going to elevate the talent around him. Well, on that note, quick question. And I feel like I know the answer. It feels like a very obvious answer. He definitely is like a vocal leader then. 
I'd say so. I mean, he he's not really the type, like he's not going to go off on a Tebow rant after the game and, and just be fired up. But Emory Jones is the type where he is a natural leader. He You might not see it on the sidelines really because I don't I mean, cameras don't like to show Florida sidelines because it's usually in shambles. Um, but, but there were a few locker room cancers last year and Emory Jones kind of fought through it and went through it. And he's had no problem taking accountability where he was wrong. He's had no problem just being openly, this is where I was wrong. This is where I need to improve. And he has no problem, I think, stepping into that locker room as a leader. Well, I like that. And then one one quick question before we head into our final break. So what should Sun Devil fans expect offensively with Emory Jones? Is it is it going to be maybe a step forward from Jaden based off of what we kind of know, like how like not great he was? Should we expect kind of what we saw? It certainly, I know we're not going to expect any kind of decrease, but based off of what you know about Emory, what what should we kind of anticipate? Anticipate Jaden, but better. Like like if Jaden Daniels was better at playing football, then he'd be Emory. <laughs> Dude, that's perfect. I mean, I seriously have been hammering that home for a while now. Is like Emory feels like a better, almost even safer Jaden Daniels because Daniels was just so poor across the board last year, and I love Jaden. Like. He, he did a lot of good for Arizona State, more good than bad, and he gets a lot of backlash from the, from, the, from the fans and whatnot, and some of it deservedly so because he definitely left us hung out to dry when he said in November he's coming back for a senior year, and then you know a month later he transfers, and it's like, thanks, Spencer Rattler took a visit out here. You know We really could have used him, but end of the day, I think that Emory is going to be a good step above what Jaden was. And I'm glad you agree. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, like Emery is going to be that guy and he won't leave you high and dry. He told Florida in early December, he's like, look, I'm transferring after the bowl game. And then he went through and he went through the first week of spring ball and then hit the portal. When I guess he realized like, yeah, I really don't have a future here. Um, but he, he's not the type to leave you high and dry. Well, I like to hear that. Let's go ahead and hop into our last break. When we return, we're just going to get some closing thoughts on Jaden Daniels and figure out what Brandon thinks about him to close out the show. Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even season NF NLF futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's not waste any more time, Brandon. So wrapping up this, this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, talking nothing but Emory Jones with one of my best friends in the whole world. For what it's worth, uh, for the listeners who do know, me and Brandon actually go back to some days at Mobile before either of us were with Locked On. So I remember when I first got on, Brandon was one of the first to text me and be like, dude, congratulations. Like, you're going to love this place. And I have. Yeah, so, it, it's it's an awesome place to be here with Locked On. Love it. Yes, it definitely is. So uh, with that in mind, hopping back on track here. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to bring up to you is Emory Jones was very quiet, patient, and uh, 
just did his time at at Florida, three years worth sitting behind Kyle Trask. And I feel like there was another guy before that, but I could definitely be wrong. We don't like to talk about them. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> nope. We don't like to talk about before. Uh, Get those Kyle. guys out of here. <laughs> but Kyle Trask, I mean, I, I feel like people forget he was a Heisman finalist. I think he finished fourth in voting that year. And he had Kyle Pitts and he had Kadarius Tony. And he had all these weapons, and Emery was the backup option. I mean, I got the box score in front of me here. Uh, he threw a combined 86 passes in three years, and I, I literally never never heard any kind of controversy coming from Florida, never heard any, any moaning or whining or anything like that. So definitely seems like a high-character guy, and I know you kind of mentioned that at the top, but if you have anything else you want to add, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, well, like, like you mentioned before, Kyle Trask, we had Felipe Franks, and then he got yes, ready. yeah, and <laughs> Kyle Trask kind of broke out, and then Amory Jones, mainly in his last year as a non-starter or his last year as a backup, he would come in and rotate in as just that not, not Taysom Hill role, but he'd come in as a QB, and we'd, we'd see some options, we'd see some deep passes because, as we all know, Kyle Trask, not the best deep passer uh, ever. Um, Emory Jones had that little bit of power and, and velocity on his ball that Kyle Trask couldn't really get. And he added that rushing threat that Kyle Trask really couldn't. He was pretty much a polar opposite. And like you mentioned, he had like 86 career passes before then, but it was, you know, uh, 16 against Idaho in his freshman year when he was a redshirt freshman and you could play four games. And then he had that bowl game against Oklahoma where, Kyle Pitts wasn't there. Kadarius Tony wasn't there. No, no Florida Gators players were there. Kyle Trask played and then got pulled. Um, and so it was just a, another game there where you got to see him, but you didn't really get to see him with any experience. Um, but he was he was just a rotational guy that would come in and kind of add some juice to the offense, which Florida even did last year where Anthony Richardson would come in to supplement Emory Jones. And Anthony Richardson is a ridiculous athlete like he, he hurdled a defender which i never want to see my quarterback do again yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I never want to see him do that again but it's it was just one of those things where you know florida supplements their guys they bring in their backups every now and then and emory jones did just that but it was really nothing where we were like okay like like this is what we have we just saw flashes Gotcha. Well, I mean, I'm here for it because like, like I've said about a hundred times already on this podcast, Arizona state really values a guy who can move around. And I have a feeling that Emory is going to be such a seamless fit in this offense. So just kind of fun little prop bet here. Almost Emory had 759 rushing yards a year ago, which led the Gators. He had a very healthy 5.3 yards per carry. And I feel like a lot of, like casual fans will look at 5.3 yards per carry for a mobile quarterback in college and be underwhelmed. And I feel like everyone forgets that sacks count yeah. as negative yards. Oh, Brandon, I hate that so much. The worst stat there is. Drives me up a wall because then you'll see like Peyton Manning had like 40 career rushing attempts for like negative 300 yards. It's like, dude, holy cow. How'd you manage that? And if it helps with Emery, uh, if you remove sacks, he had 6.2 yards per carry. Yeah, if, which if is... If you remove sacks, he was an 800-yard rusher. That And that's pretty much what I would expect. I know Jaden was kind of in the same boat. Now, 
Uh, curious before I hop into that question, this is just a total curiosity thing. You mentioned that Florida was a really bad run blocking unit. Did they give up a lot of sacks or was Emery kind of the escape artist that kind of made the line look a little bit better? Um, they, they gave up a lot of sacks, a lot of pressures. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they were just a, like last year, their offensive line was terrible. The offensive line coach didn't even make it through the remainder of the season Oof. when things were going down. So, uh, yeah, it was really, the offensive line was just terrible last year for Florida. Gotcha. Well, one quick question I want to ask you and then we'll get you out of here. So very, very excited about the rushing aspect, especially because it's just what Arizona state fans have come to know as the complete norm over the last 10 plus years for the program, the 759 rushing yards he had, would you, do you think he can break that? Or you think that's probably a ceiling for him? I think he breaks it. Yeah. I, I think he's got legit like thousand yard rusher potential. I thought he was going to do it last year with Florida. I, I wouldn't I, have been surprised. He, yeah. I, I thought he was going to do it last year and just going from, you know, facing teams like Alabama and Georgia um, which were just completely stifling defenses. Right. Taking anything else is going to be at least a little bit better looking at that, just comparing to, again, the top, top defenses. Yeah, he, he's only got to play Utah once this year. And then after that, he's got U of A, he's got Colorado, he's got Cal, Stanford, Oregon State. Like, he's got a lot of games that should have him salivating at the potential to just carve these guys up. Maybe that's why he was in Arizona State. He was like, hey, I'm going to create as a runner and whenever I can as a passer, and, and I'm just going to ball out against him. I love it. Well, I won't take up any more of your time. Brandon, thank you so much for stopping by. Really appreciate all the time that you give us. Where can my friends go and follow your content and pick up some of your old episodes talking about Emory Jones? Uh, WNS underscore Brandon on Twitter is where you'll find links to everything and then just locked on Gators on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts. There you go. So obviously Brandon, a huge fan of Emory Jones. So if you guys are interested in hearing more about Emory, definitely give him a follow on Twitter. I'm sure he'll be watching some games this year just because he wants to see his favorite quarterback. Love to see it. Brandon, thank you so much, man. Thanks. All right. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Go ahead and make your next listen, the Locked on Pac-12 podcast, with all the Pac-12 news you need in 30 minutes or less with Pac-12 expert Spencer McLaughlin. Just like the Locked on Sun Devils, it is free and available on all platforms. And until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.